Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, it's about 5.27 in the afternoon. I am doing this as quickly as I can because, of course, it's an opportunity that has opened up. And when I heard about the opportunity opening up, I figured I'd take it. I would have done this earlier, except I was relaxing, you know, kind of resting. Of course, I got to go back to work tomorrow. And also the fact that I had to give my dog a bath finally because she needed it. What? With all that said... And also had to get something to eat, which includes getting something to drink. So, so yeah, basically, So, yeah, basically, you know, finally, I'm going to do this, like I said, as best I can. I was just looking up stuff here on Twitter. As I link this to Twitter and various uh, group pages. And hello, Samuel. Um, But anyway, like I said, linking this to various group pages as I speak. Uh, here on Twitter, and the Twitter, as they would say, I'm gonna have to take one thing out right now. Apparently, and add that later on. But yeah, the the title basically. Uh, says it best here. You know, we're here to talk about Spike and Rarity's unique slash controversial uh, relationship slash friendship in MLPFIM, that being My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, and Pony in possibly the upcoming Pony Life. Excuse me there. And the reason I, and the reason I say that is because, as I mentioned before, um, in an audio video, uh, that you he- heard here on my channel, basically there was rumors, speculation going around uh, that basically the that basically the word going out is the roles will be reversed, and that Spike and Rarity, or that Rarity, I should say, will be crushing on Spike. And as I said in that video, I'll say it again. I kind of see if that's the possibility, if it's the roles being reversed and Rarity is the one crushing on Spike, if you will. I kind of see it playing out like a Bugs and Lola situation from uh, the new Looney Tunes show where Bugs and Lola in that show were attracted to each other at first sight. You know, Lola, Bugs kind of saw Lola was a little like, woohoo, kind of deal, kind of like a little more, a little much for him. And decided, you know, okay, it'd be best if we're just friends, kind of back off a little bit. And it wouldn't be until later on in the episode Double Date where Bugs would win her back. Well, basically, Bugs notices uh, exactly, I think, what Daffy and others have been saying, that, you know, Lola is falling for Daffy after giving him advice from her own playbook or something like that. And so, you know, yeah, it's basically like, okay, you know, 
something has to be done here. Uh, something has to be done. And basically what they do, and basically what happens, I should say, um, I'm doing fine uh, bugs, and that's the person by the name of it. Uh, but yeah, basically, um, long story short, uh, Bugs decides to, in front of the world, if you will, well, in front of a nightclub, but mostly the world, uh, announce that Daffy is not Lola's boyfriend, Bug, he is. And he's even shocked about what he said. And that's why I feel that um, if the rumor is true that they're going to go in this direction with Rarity being the one crushing on Spike, I could see maybe not along the lines of Spike wanting to avoid Rarity, but I could see them kind of having a very budding, very budding uh, friendship that um, grows into something stronger maybe. I think, like I said, the subplot with that, if they do that, I think this character, the sub the character sub arc or subplot for them is they're very close friends, they have a budding friendship, but secretly they feel it, but secretly they have strong but they secretly have stronger feelings for each other that's more than friendship. So I could see maybe them doing something like that to where, as I said before, if they go that route, you get a date episode where both of them finally agree to go on a date with each other to see maybe if the friendship is meant to be something more and, you know, the date kind of results in possibly that question being answered. But anyway, but anyway, uh, what was I getting at? Oh yeah. But anyway, basically, you know, that's what we're here to talk about because of the fact that, um, you know, the relationship with Spike and Rarity, and I am doing this uncut, unscripted on the fly because I'm doing it live, of course. <laughs> uh, but the, the situation with Spike and Rarity, what makes uh, the re- relationship, as the title says, unique and controversial at the same time in Friendship is Magic and possibly in Pony Life, as well as in the comics version of Friendship is Magic, which is going to be going the season 10 route, basically giving us that 10th season, but in comic book form. The reason it's unique and controversial is for the fact that basically, uh, basically for the fact that when when it first got noticed, I'll I'll start it out like this because I'm also watching something here for a second. You know, I never know. Like I said, um, opportunity is knocking, but I never know when it's going to close. I got to keep an eye on this. Um. Well, I turned that off because it is a little distracting. But like I said, um, basically, long story short, um, when you get when you look at Spike and Rarity's relationship, and what makes it unique and controversial is the way it started. Anybody that's followed the series since the beginning knows that. You know, Twilight and Spike went around Ponyville meeting up with finally meeting the friends she's meant to be with, the the elements themselves, or the ponies that represent the elements themselves uh, in person. 
from Applejack to Pinkie Pie to, to Rainbow Dash to Fluttershy. And when they get to Rarity, when they get to Rarity, it's the first time I'm that any of the ponies that they meet leaves a major impression on them, mostly Spike. Because, as I've said before, they could have done this, what they did with Spike here, they could have done with the interaction, with, with any of the other interactions they had. Like, they could have done it with Applejack, they could have done it with, with Pinky, they could have done it with Flutters, they could have done it with Rainbow, but they didn't. They waited for rarity. And the reason being is she is a femme fatale character, and she does, no offense, no offense, does seem the more feminine and more ladylike character um, out of the group. You know, she does seem like the more uh, ladylike character out of the group. group, and more of the kind that would, as we see later on in the series, that would fall for romance. And, you know, obviously you get it here. You obviously get that uh, impression when they meet her. I mean, I don't know who they meet meet before, but uh, basically, long story short, when they finally meet Rarity, that's when Spike basically goes gaga over her. Because what they do, and again, anybody that's seen the episode or seen clips of it, sees that they're entering the boutique, and basically, we see the back of Spike and Rarity, and basically, and what happens is the camera zooms out between them, or zooms in from in between them, right to the right to Rarity to show us what she looks like. And this is where Spike, when we see her, Spike sees her. We see her at the same time Spike and Twilight do, but this is when she's revealed that Spike falls for her. And you know, again, people would think, well. Why didn't they do that, you know, with the other characters? And I think it's because she's the more feminine of the kind. She's more the very femme fatale, ladylike character that you would, you could believe someone like Spike could fall for. I mean, you would think, oh, Spike's going to fall for Applejack. Yeah, that didn't happen. Oh, he could fall for Pinky. Well, that didn't happen. Rainbow? Didn't happen. Uh, Fluttershy? Didn't happen. Oh, but rarity? Ding, 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 ding. You know, there's your answer. And, and it goes back. Uh, and, and if, and, and basically, it, it goes, it goes back to what Lauren Faust said. Lauren Faust one time in an interview said she wanted Spike to be the fans, the people's point of view of how beautiful and gorgeous Rarity was. And it was from this moment that I think the the uniqueness of the friendship started, but also the controversy. Because it wouldn't be until about what, several episodes later in season one in a dog and pony show where basically um, we get a better understanding, we get a better understanding of Spike's feelings for rarity because he envisions himself in fantasy and everything as being her knight in shining armor. And how does he want to do this? 
How does he want to live out this fantasy, be the hero? Not only does he dream it and fantasize about it, but he goes as far as freaking riding <laughs> Twilight in there as his noble horse. <laughs> Which was a... Uh, because even Twilight, I think, had a reaction like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's like, oh. And, and that that right there kind of shows you the, how strong the... Fr- how strong the friendship, siblingness that the two have between each other because she tolerates a lot of what Spike does here. You know, she tol- well, she does tolerate a lot of what Spike does throughout the series, but mostly when it came to this episode and him doing what he did, he she tolerated that because, okay, if it means that much to him, I'll do it, even though I'm not going to like it, you know. And... Um, that that's what was kind of funny about it was you know she she tolerated it only to make spike happy and so that he could live out his fantasy and kind of be the hero for rarity now here's the thing here's the thing this i don't know if this was the episode but i have to suspect I have to suspect, because honestly, I didn't really start getting into the series until the later seasons, mostly like seasons three, four, and all that, that I start going like, okay, maybe there's something to it. And then finally, throughout the years, you know, the rest is history. But when, but again, I don't know if this was, but I got a feeling season one between the initial pilot episode and this episode, and maybe the revelation that uh, Spike gave to Twilight, Pinky, and I think the other rest of the main six, with the exception of Rarity, that he has a thing for her. He has a crush on her. He's in love with her kind of deal. I don't know if it was around between that time frame, but I have a feeling around season four, I mean, season one, I should say, is when that unique friendship that he had with Rarity started to enter started to enter controversial territory because again we go back to what I said earlier Lauren Faust wanted to use Spike as a point of view for the fans to see how gorgeous and beautiful rarity was as I've said before as well in other videos I don't think Lauren Faust had any idea any idea whatsoever that it was going to become a huge deal that fans were actually going to get behind this crush, this implied romance, this ship, if you will. I don't think she had any idea this was going to happen. I don't think she did because I think the farthest she wanted to go with it was secret of my excess. Kind of leave it at that. Where, where basically, you know, she acknowledges that she's always known Spike's had a thing for her, even while he's admitting it while they're falling through the air. You know, he's always had a thing for her. And obviously, you could tell from the beginning of the episode that she kind of already knows. I mean, the way she kind of, you know, flirts with him a little bit and kind of sweet talks about how gorgeous the fire ruby is with no intention, because a lot of people get that mixed up with no intention of trying to give and, and trying to basically manipulate him into giving it to her because 
it was Spike that was thinking, wait a minute, do you really think it's that good? You know, you really think it's that beautiful? Because it's Spike that's having second thoughts. Well, well wait a minute. Because basically, in his mind, from a character standpoint, Spike is realizing that, yeah, he can eat this, but he's hearing from someone that's an expert in jewels of how valuable and rare a gem like this is. So it's Spike that says, you know what, if it, you know, if it's basically it's Spike that kind of takes everything that Rarity's saying and realizes, you know what, if it means that much, if it is that rare, then it's meant to be with you, not with me. And then the rest is history. Not only is she, I mean, you look at Rarity's reaction because all she's doing is sweet talking to him and everything and not expecting him to do what he's about to do. And she's shocked when he does it. And the rest is history. You know, she's bouncing around, calling him Spiky Wikey, kissing him on the cheek. And it's like, whoa. You know, it's like, what just happened? And then you go through the rest of the episode, especially towards the end. And to me, I think this was Lauren Faust's way of trying to bring a little bit of closure to it, like saying, yes, there is something between them, but that goes beyond friendship, but that's about it. This is as far as I want to go with it. And we're going to move on. Because I think her initial intention was, as the initial plan was originally for the series, it was going to go for about three, maybe four seasons, and that was it. You know, something like the Spike and Rarity, you know, situation, it probably touched upon a little bit, but that was about it. There was no other uh, intentions for it to go further than that. There wasn't. There was no other intention. And and basically, you know, one could assume that had things gone the way, you know, original had they been originally planned, then yeah, Secret of My Excess would have been the be all end all. That would have been the conclusion to Spike and Rarity's relationship, and it gives off the vibes, um, as Voice of Reason once put it, you know, it gives off the vibes of, you know, oh, Sparity is canon. So there you go. But with that said, we go towards the later seasons. And as I've mentioned before and others have acknowledged, was a cooling off period uh, for the show, or at least for the ship in, uh, in that matter. Excuse me there. It was a cooling off period. And the reason it was a cooling off period is because even though you had some interactions that strongly supported the Sparity ship from season three, like season three, and her worried about Spike and everything, her being the first one to know, hear Spike, you know, acknowledge that he had the, the crystal heart and stuff like that, to, um, to Castlemania, you know, stuff like, you know, shows like that. You had your moments in between seasons three, four, five, six, and seven, and even with the movie. And it wouldn't be until about seasons eight, nine, and Best Gift Ever, which was the holiday special slash episode that was a bridging gap between seasons eight and nine, that you wouldn't get a more, you wouldn't get a spotlight strongly put back on this relationship or this ship, if you will, um, 
what was it, what was I trying to say? You wouldn't get a oh yeah, it wouldn't be like I said, it wouldn't be in between until seasons eight, nine, and the holiday special in between that you wouldn't get that strong spotlight put back on. That's the word I was looking for. That that you wouldn't get the strong that strong bright spotlight put back on uh, the relationship between the two that you had back in the earlier seasons. Now, what's funny though, what's funny is how the relationship, you know, got the spotlight put back on it, if you will. Basically, long story short, long story short, ladies and gentlemen, um, again, long story short, uh, basically, when Lauren Faust just stepped away from the show, stepped down as executive producer, Megan McCarthy came in. Now, I bring up Megan McCarthy because she said there was a moment. There was a moment at BabsCon uh, 2014 where she basically said uh, to a fan, because a fan in a Spike costume um, asked her, because they were doing a Q&A, asked her and the crew about Spike and Rarity and what was the status of basically what the status of it was. And Megan McCarthy basically said, you know, flat out that they're just friends and it's not going to be any more than that. That he's a kid, she's an adult, stuff like that, so on and so forth. And the rest of the crew agreed with her. The rest of the casting crew agreed with her. Well, some of the, some of the, a majority of the casting crew agreed with her. But the more I think about it, you know, the more I think about it, folks, the more I get this feeling that she only said that to save face. Here's what I mean. She says that, and yet, and yet, Later on in the series, like I said, you get the moments throughout uh, the rest of the season before, you know, she steps away or steps down and Nicole Dubuque takes over. But you have her, you know, step away. But basically, you have her say this, and yet you have moments still spread throughout uh, seasons three, four, five, six, and seven, mostly seasons four, five, six, and seven you still have it spread out. You still have moments of sparity, spike and rarity spread throughout, including the movie. Including the movie. And you ask yourself, why would she... So what I'm trying to say is, so when you hear her say something like that back in 2014, and yet you still see evidence, Easter eggs, hints, if you will, spilled throughout, you wonder to yourself, why did she say that then? Why did she give that answer? And I think it's real simple. You see, she obviously, you see the crew, you see, obviously, Megan and the rest of the cast and crew of the show follow the fans. They follow what fans have to say on social media, like you, like here on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Tumblr, you name it. You know, they, they follow what they have to say. So obviously she heard how some fans were not like too thrilled with the whole spike and rarity relationship. 
Like how some fans felt it was wrong. It was pedophilia. It was controversial, stuff like that. So, obviously, Megan, being a good soldier, if you will, you know, for Hasbro and for DHX and all that, uh, basically said, you know what? I've got probably realized, or, or didn't say, but she probably realized, you know what? Fans are going to probably ask me or ask us about the spike rarity thing. How do we answer that? And she probably realized, you know what? I'll just say they're just friends, nothing more. That no, nothing romantic is going to occur. And that's probably what she did. That's probably what she did. She probably realized going to a convention like that, doing a Q&A, she was probably going to get asked that kind of a question, whether it was about Spike Rarity or some other ship, and she would have to come up with the answer of, uh, yeah, that ship's a no-go because they're just friends and nothing else. So we'll leave it at that. And the reason, again, I think she gave the answer she and that's the reason I think she gave the answer uh, that she did um, at BabsCon 2014. She gave the answer because she wanted to save face for the company. It wasn't about, oh, I'm totally against it. I hate it and all that. No, she was saving face for the company because she realized that even though she probably knew the ship between Spike and Rarity was very popular and it was growing in popularity, that there was a lot of detractors about it. And she probably felt that those detractors could get wind to Hasbro and DHX and all them, mostly Hasbro. And that could probably put the show, if not their jobs in jeopardy, um, if they basically continue to make it seem like, oh, there's something between the two. And it might, and it's probably going to lead to something else in the future. Probably something more. So what did she do? She came up with an answer that I honestly believe she felt saved face for her. It saved face for her as well as for the rest of the company. It's not that she had anything against Spike and Rarity's relationship because why would she continue putting moments and Easter eggs and hints about it, alluding to it basically throughout the rest of the series uh, before she transferred power over to Nicole Dubuque? Why would she continue doing that if she didn't know it was popular, didn't find it adorable and cute herself. Why, why would she continue doing that? You know, even after she said something like that at BabsCon, because again, it's about saving face. It's like with any company, any company that you work for, despite what people may say, whether what they say is true or not, or is fact or not, or has a lot of evidence behind it. Your answer has to be an answer that saves face for you, your job, and the company you represent. And that's basically what she did. That's basically what she did. She said, hey, look, they're never going to be together. Either I don't know where you're getting this idea from. They're just going to be friends, da-da-da. And the reason she said it was to save her job, save the jobs of the rest of her crew and cast, as well as basically save face for her and Hasbro, because she didn't want to give off that vibe of, oh, it is exactly what people say it is. It is pedophilia, or it is this, or it is that. You know, she didn't want to give off, you know, that impression. You know, she didn't want to give that off. And I know that might sound 
confusing to a lot of folks, but it's the truth. It is the truth. And I think anybody knows this. I mean, heck. Um, you know, you listen to a lot of the uh, fans out there, a lot of the established fans, like, um, you know, like, like I said, you listen to a lot of the established fans, you know, like a Silver Quill, like a Del Walsonator, a.k.a. Thespio, a Voice of Reason, you know, a Josh Scorcher, a.k.a. Firebrand. You listen to Lightning Bliss, I Love Kim Possible a lot, a.k.a. I Love KP a lot, uh, Sweetie Bloom, you know, Keyframe, Golden Fox. You listen to them all, which I highly recommend you do because they're big-time fans themselves. And they will even acknowledge that despite whether or not they like it, that it is a popular ship. That, yes, it is controver- it is unique and at times controversial, but it is a p- very popular ship. And they will even agree that despite what Megan said um, at BabsCon 2014, that she continued to allow moments between Spike and Rarity, you know, as little as they were throughout seasons four, five, six, and seven, uh, to continue on, even after what she said. So even they would agree that, yes, she even acknowledges how popular the ship is and that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, even Silver Quill... Um, did a video, even Silver Quill did a, a video um, a couple of years ago where he said basically, oh, I think he was reviewing, what was it? Oh, yeah, he was reviewing Simple Ways. He was reviewing Simple Ways. And the first thing he talked about was the ships. And that basically he said the one thing that a lot of people should be saying. And that is, if you like a certain ship, that's cool. That's cool with him. You know, that if you like a certain ship, you know, more power to you. That That's your, that's your opinion. That's, if that's how you feel, that's your opinion. You know, you know, that's your opinion and everything. Hold on for a second. Like I said, you know, that's your opinion. You know, if that's how you feel, you know, that's your opinion and everything. Um, But anyway, like I said, like I said, you know, you know, but as I was saying, even Silver Quill mentioned that, like, hey, if that's, if that's your fancy, if that's what keeps you in the fandom, more power to you. So, like I said, even the established fans know this. And I think, again, they realize, these established fans and reviewers, even Dr. Wolf, I forgot to include him, they realize, look, if Megan was was against it, like she said she was at BabsCon 2014, then why still allow moments and Easter eggs and stuff to be scattered throughout uh, the next uh, four seasons? It's because, again, it's about saving face. It's about saving face. 
And there's a lot of people, and again, getting back to what I was saying, there is a lot of people, or there's a lot of jobs, I should say, there's a lot of jobs, if you will, companies that basically, um, if you work for them, and as I was saying, people will point out certain things that are pretty much fact and have evidence that back them up, you know, on it. You know, and like I said, even have evidence that backs them up on it. You yourself have to basically say something that uh, basically, you know, goes against what they're trying to point out. They're trying to prove, you know, you know, not to bring my job into it or anything, but, you know, this past week we had a lot of people that were not happy that we didn't have bags. I even had one couple, older couple, get so upset that they only bought a few items of the many items that they bought and left the rest of them on my uh, belt, on my register belt, uh, for me to basically put back, uh, back or put into the go-backs area at customer service because we didn't have bags. And we had to explain to them, um, you know, the coming, that we're going to probably get some today. And when they would argue the silliness of, well, it's kind of stupid that, you know, you don't have bags and you, you don't allow other people to bring theirs in. You know, we agree with them, but then we tell them, hey, it's not our call. It's not our call. It's our company's call. They're the ones that say, look, you can't allow people to bring the bags in until we get the okay, until we get the thumbs up. So it is inconvenient for people, but there's not much we can do. And we have to tell them these answers to save face because we can't just in front of the world, agree with them and say like, yeah, you're right. It's stupid. You know, we should have, you guys should be allowed to have your bags here. It's stupid. You know, I don't get it either. This company should know better. You know, we can't do that. We got to give an answer that saves face for us, protects our jobs, protects the jobs of those that are our bosses, our managers, as well as protects the reputation of the company if not that regional portion of the company. And that's a fact. That is a fact. And that's why Megan McCarthy, in my opinion, said what she did at BabsCon 2014. She said it not because she's against the spike and rarity relationship and whether or not you should like it or not like it. She said it because it's saving face. It's saving face for her. It's saving face for the cast and crew. It's saving face for Hasbro. And in the turn, and mostly it's saving their jobs, even though later on, like I said, in the next four seasons, including the movie, you would get moments spilled throughout that kind of contradict what she said. And as I mentioned, it wouldn't be until after she handed the reins over to Nicole Dubuque that we'd start getting more focus put back on Spike and Rarity than I think anybody ever expected. And I think it's because Nicole Dubuque, who I think was working on the cast and crew, who was working as part of the crew, um, ghosting and all that, like ghost writing, ghost editing, whatever. I think Nicole Dubuque, and she, she's even done a few MLP books as well. I think Nicole Dubuque was like, you know, she was like, you know, happy. Sorry, I don't understand, but I found something else. 
Do you want to know whether Dubuque is a good place to live? I don't know where that came from. Um, Sorry, how do I? What? Could you try asking again? No. Loud and clear. <laughs> My Google meeting went off. Um, anyway, though, like I said, it wouldn't be until Nicole got the opportunity, which she was probably happy to get, that she probably allowed for spike for more sparity moments to be uh, ushered in because she probably found it like a lot of us fans. She probably understood that, Hey, it's adorable. It's cute. And you know, you do need a little romance thrown in, even with your main cast, you need to have a bit of romance thrown in there. You can't just have them be BFFs and continue teasing a relationship or something going on between characters and not maybe acknowledge that, hey, there might be something there. And honestly, that's what that honestly, that's what Nicole allowed to happen. I mean, I think some, she even wrote some of the episodes where she herself put in some, you know, put in some spike in rarity moments. So, you know, it like I said, it wouldn't be until she came on board that the spotlight would be shown more heavily on it. And again, I understand, like those that I mentioned, like, for example, Golden Fox, you know, he did, um, like, let's say Golden Fox and Map, a.k.a. Miss Anthropony, you know, they even touched upon, uh, let's say, the episode Meltdown and um, even the little moment we had in Break Up Breakdown before it, the episode before it, and even with the best gift ever. You know, I, I can understand, and anybody can understand how they felt about it. Like, really? We're, I thought we got away from this. Because they even mentioned, I think one of them, I think it's Anthropony, he even mentions, you know, I thought something along the lines of, I thought we got away from this. I thought this was done. Well, obviously it's not. Because, I again, it goes back to my theory that Nicole Dubuque was a fan of the ship. She found it adorable. She found it cute. And she maybe realized, look, you can't just keep teasing something like this and not acknowledge and not acknowledge that there's something going on that's more than just friendship between them. And I think she's more of an advocate of, look, you can't, it's like, it's okay to have a little bit of romance thrown in with your main cast, especially two of your main characters, especially between two of your main characters. You know, and, and I'm, And I'm thinking that's that's what happened. I'm thinking that's what happened because, again, you take a look at the moment Spike used as an example to Discord of how important Hearts and Hoofs Day was or is, the equivalent of Valentine's Day, by bringing out a big old heart card with a poem on there for rarity from him. And he reads it off. You know, then you have Meltdown, which essentially is a Sparity episode. Because you have you have the episode beginning with them. You have them both going through something. So and you have the episode ending with them. And then you have best gift ever. Need we say more, especially at the end. You know, then you have like the first 
20 seconds or so in between dark and dawn. Then you have, of course, the moment in summer sunset back. And then, of course, you have the little moment where they're defending each other, protecting each other in the climactic battle of the ending of the end. And then, of course, you have your little hints of them possibly being an item uh, in the future timeline. You know, you have all this stuff, and it was all done under Nicole Dubuque's watch. Why? Because, again, the difference between her and Megan is that she wasn't afraid to say, look, I like the couple. I like the ship. I think it's adorable. I think it's cute. Let's run with it. You know, we can't just keep teasing something between the characters and not maybe put a little emphasis on the fact that there might be something more romantic between them. And again, going back to Anthropony and Golden Fox, as well as several others, I can understand how they feel. I can understand exactly how they feel. You know, when they basically believe, I thought we were done with this, but you're not. It's still there. It's it's still there. And I think, in my opinion, I believe in my opinion, that, yeah, I forgot Dragon Drop, too. That, that's another episode. But like I said, um, I believe, in my opinion, that um, Season 8, with the moment and breakup breakdown, meltdown, best gift ever, then Season 9, you had the 20-second 20 20 moment a 20-second situation between Dark and Dawn, Dragon Dropped, some of Sunset Back, as well as the moment of defending and protecting each other in the ending of the end, and then the possible indication, uh, implication, that there might be something more, that they might become more than just friends in the future. You know, you look at all that, and like I said, I think... That's when it dawned on them, that being Miss Anthropony, Golden Fox, and others, that, yeah, Sparity is pretty much here to stay. Like, it may have had a cooling off period with a few moments here and there, but, yeah, it's back and it's here to stay. And like I said, and I, again, I believe, Nicole, I believe Nicole was like, look, you can't keep teasing something like this and not follow through on it in some way. And she probably was... Uh, She probably was an advocate of like, look, let's put a little bit of romance into the main group between, and let's obviously put it with Spike and Rarity, but not go any further. Like Dragon Dropped, for example, uh, basically opened the door. It was, it was something that, well, it's nothing new when it comes to MLPFIM, but basically. You know, it's something that a lot of fans were wanting. It's like, how would Rarity react if another female came, you know, into Spike's life and started taking a t- taking him, taking him away from her, like taking the bonding time away, or the together time away? How would she feel? And that episode focused on that. It focused on how she would feel if somebody in, came in and basically became her replacement. I mean, Thespio said it best when he did his collab review um, doing at the screening with voice. And that is, Rarity seeing Spike with Gabby was basically Rarity feeling the equivalent of Spike cheating on her. And 
you know, when Cespio says that, and I think he even sits up else, he's basically acknowledging that, look, this is Hasbro's subtle way of saying this is a love triangle. This rarity is now realizing that Spike means more to her than just as a friend. She's woke up and realized, bing, Cupid's arrow just hit, hit her and made her, well, m- mostly it's like, what I'm trying to get at is she's realizing that Spike means more to her than just a, than that Spike's that being around that Spike means more to her than just as a friend. That her friendship, that her time with Spike is more than just means more to her than just friendship. It's beyond that. And I and again, what I was trying to say is it felt basically when you look at Dragon Drop and the way she reacts, it's like the moment. You know, Spike's being around with Gabby. It's kind of a unique moment of Cupid going like, "Bing, okay, Rarity, wake up. Realize that your knight in shining armor has always been here, and he's right there. And now he's running off towards somebody else. Go get him." You know, so, so yeah, it's basically that way. It's. It's essentially that way. It's like, in a unique way, it was Cupid waking Rarity up and saying, you don't want to lose him? Go get him. Because even at the end, when she does apologize for her actions and Gabby apologizes for her and, you know, Spike kind of realizes, oh, wait a minute. You, Rarity, wanted to be with me a lot? Like, spending a lot of time with me? Like, okay, cool. You know? But, you know, they come to that mutual understanding. I want you to notice the last clip at the end when when Spike comes in at the end. As I've said before, they could have ended the episode with the understanding, the apology, and all that, and that's it. They could have ended it right there. But no, they ended it with basically Spike coming back to Rarity. And I want you to notice Rarity's reaction. After they hug and embrace, I want you to notice her reactions. Like she's got that... That grinning smile, that jealous like <laughs> smile grin on her when Spike mentions that he and Gabby had a great day, you know, doing the mail routes. But then when he holds out his hand and says, but I'll always want my rarity time, you see the grin, grin go to that sincere smile, like that touched smile that very similar to Secret of My Excess. And then, of course, you add in little pink, you add in Pinky's <laughs> little remark at the end and you kind of you know, take it as you will, you know, um, yeah, it kind of indicates that, you know, Sparity is still a thing. You know, some people looked at Dragon Dropped and felt, oh, they finally got rid of Sparity. Whoopee! We're free! We're free! We're free! Uh, I don't think so. A lot of people have said that all Dragon Drop did, and not just the people here on the super, ch- here on the live chat, I should say. Not just people here on the live chat. The uh, supporters of the ship, but many others have said that all this did, that all this episode did, was strengthen the Sparity ship more so than it's ever been. More so than it's ever been. Pretty much a lot of people feel that even though it's not acknowledged or touched upon, that this pretty much began a relationship boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing between the two um, later as the series went on. Because like I said, you go on to um, them defending each other 
uh, in the ending of the end. And it's like, you know, that's something you've always wanted to see, especially them combining the powers again. And again, I, I said this before, I'll say it again. You take a look at that brief moment when they combine their powers. And for that brief moment, before they get blasted away from each other by Crystalis, their combined powers are out strengthening, they're out powering Crystalis. And if you look at legend, you look at lore and any kind of fantasy or any kind of story, anytime a male and female's powers, you know, combine together, equal being greater than the adversary's powers, then it shows that there's something between them that's stronger than just a regular partnership or a regular friendship. And it's a fact. It's a fact. You know, it is a fact, and nobody can deny that. Nobody uh, can come out here and deny that that's not a fact, because it is. It is a legit fact. And then you take a look at Dragon Drop, and, you know, a lot of people take what ha- take you know, take some of the moments in there, you know, and say, hey, you know, what about this? What about that? I mean, for example, let me see if I can get it without dropping anything. drop myself there if I'm not careful. (laughs) But when you take a look at this, this moment right here, of course, this is the ending of the show. But look who she's next by, next to. And people point out that she had to come like from the side of Spike to stand right there. Now, there is another picture. I don't think you can see it from here, but it's right there. It's the first group shot that they show doing the final song when they after they arrive in Ponyville, Rarity is looking up at Spike. Now, some people might say, well, so is Applejack. So uh, so is a Fluttershy, in a sense. But more along the lines, it's Applejack looking... The only one that's looking up besides Rarity is Applejack, and that's it. And But it's mostly Rarity. And again, I want, and another thing I want you to notice is when they walk off before Pinky does her first solo, before we get the first solo on the song, which is by Pinky, I want you to know that when Rarity walks off, Spike's walking off alongside her. So basically, the creators are like, "Yeah, we're not going to deny it anymore. There's something here. There's obvious. We can't." Well, basically, it's the creators in their own way not denying the fact uh, anymore, or not denying anymore the fact that yeah, this uh, fans are not fans aren't stupid fans. Fans are smart. They are smarter than we give them credit for. They see what's going on. Might as well run with it. And that's why, according to Jim Miller, they put in these moments that allow you to imply or interpretate something ha- that something happened between them. And as I've said before, I believe from a continuity standpoint in my head, my head canon, which could be close to actual head canon, not saying it is, but in my belief that they, in the future, they have a relationship that's kind of unique to where, yes, they have the Council of Friendship meeting once a moon, which is once a month. But basically, Spike and Rarity have a relationship that allows them to probably see each other more than that. So that's what's 
that's what's unique uh, in that aspect. Because, because, again, according to Jim Miller, you can interpretate something going on. And obviously a lot of fans interpretate, oh, these two did end up together. Okay, cool. I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that. But it's the kind of relationship to where they'll see each other once in a while because, you know, they have duties as a co-ruler of Equestria and ambassador of friendship. But with that said, it's not just a cartoon either or the movie. I mean, the comics even allude to this. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You take a look at the final panel in the Nightmare Rarity arc, and it's Spike being held by Rarity real close with the little heart emoji while they're looking, along with the rest of the uh, characters, looking off at the moon um, at the end of the story. And let's not forget, it's Spike that's the final character, the final friend, if you will, that says what needs to be said to snap Rarity out of it. You know, and here's the thing. They could have given that moment to Rarity's sister, Sweetie Belle. They could have given it to Twilight. They could have given it to any other character in the main six, main seven, if you will. And like I said, they could have given it to Sweetie Belle. But instead, they gave it to Spike. And it's like, how can you argue that something is not going on between the characters if, if, even in comic book form, if a moment like that isn't given to one of them? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And hello, Valentine, bro, bro hoof to you back. Uh, but like I said, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And then, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Dragon Drop was to show Rarity being one of the main things about Dragon Drop was Rarity getting jealous, basically from your from anybody's own mindset, realizing how much she cares about Spike more than just as a friend. In other words, she L-O-V-E's him more than just as a friend. It's not the first time she becomes jealous. There is a story. I can't think of the name right now, but there's a story where a new character comes around. It's a, a new female pony that Spike becomes a little attracted to, maybe not as much as Rarity, but a little bit attracted to and helpful to. And she calls him Spikey Wikey, just like Rarity does. And according to one of the fandom Wikipedias, Rarity becomes jealous. Jealous. Why would Rarity become jealous of a baby dragon being called Spiky Rikey by somebody else? Why? Is it because that's her name for him and only her name? Only the only and she's the only pony that should say that? Or is she jealous because he might she's afraid she might be losing Spike to some pony else? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And you know, again, when you look at this relationship between the characters, you know, you can look at it as unique and as controversial as you want, but years from now, people are going to look back on this and they're going to say, we're going to look back at the show 
and they're going to be like, and they're, and they're going to see basically this situation between Rarity and Spike and be like, and they'll be asking the same questions. They'll be like, so what were they implying? That they were in a relationship? That they were in love with each other? What's going on? You'll have the same kind of questions being asked. You'll have the and inquiries being asked and all that because, you know, even 10 years from now, fans that are kids now will grow up and kind of think, were they trying to insinuate something? And some of them will realize that, yeah, yeah, they were. And, you know, some of them might even be young siblings of, you know, of a Golden Fox or Miss Anthropony or whoever was against the ship. And they'll be like, and, and I could see some of them going like Anthro, Golden, or could be like Anthro or Golden. How can you guys not say this ship was real or should be, should have been, or shouldn't have been when obviously it was? You know, I could see someone like a Golden or a Miss Anthro or anybody having someone that's young in their family grow up, watch the entire series, and as they get to an age where they have a better understanding, questioning. Why did they deny the fact that this was probably something that was real in the series, series, and they were against it when they should have just accepted it? You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I could I could see something like that. I obviously can. You know, I'm not saying it would happen, but I could see something like that happening happening in the fandom, because when you get down to it, I I don't like. To crunch numbers or anything, I have to always do numbers at work with cash registers and all that. But point is, when you get down to it, when you look at the fandom as a whole, and you were to split it up, in a sense, kind of look at it as a whole, but then kind of, kind of from a number percentage, be like, okay. How big is the Spike and Rarity shipping supporting group or Spike and Rarity support group, the shipping group? How big is it? There is no doubt that a majority of the fandom would be in that group. It'd almost be like, I'll put it this way, it'd be like 60% of the fandom would be Spike and Rarity supporters, 40% wouldn't be. And I know that's a far-fetched you know, percentage and number you know, looking between them, but I think it's a fact. I think it's a fact that if you were to do that, you would at least see a bigger number of the fandom supporting it. I really do. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I, and, and I want people to pay attention to this. This, as I've said before, is not the first time we've seen this. Anybody, let me ask anybody watching this after the live stream or doing the live stream right now. Let me ask anybody this. Have any of you seen Disney's movie Blank Check? Now, I haven't watched it at all, but I've seen clips. I've seen clips here and there. I've seen it when it's come on, you know, clip-wise. I got to catch a moment here and there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Disney, Disney of all companies, did they not tease a romance between this young kid and this adult female? Did they not do that? 
Did they not tease a ship, a romance between those two? I'm, I, I want, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. Let me, let me know. Did they, did they, did they, or did they not? Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, even Spidey Crash, AJ Productions, says they did. So, let me ask you this. If Disney, of all companies, is willing to do that in one of the live-action feature, family features, then what's the problem here? What's the problem with Spike and Rarity? Let Let me bring up another thing. I grew up, as I said before, I grew up in the 1980s. One of the shows I would watch in the 1980s, and I rewatched when it got reran on um, Channel 41 in Lawrence, Kansas, which was out of Kansas City, when I was living on my own. Uh, basically, there was an episode, and I have this episode recorded onto DVD. It's called Substitute Teacher. Now, of course, the Berstein Bears big chapter books did their own interpretation of it. But, and they did it twice. But in the original episode, which kind of follows which the book kind of which the book kind of follows true to almost. But in the original episode, you have all the boy characters, Too Tall, Brother Bear, Cousin Fred, you know, Too Tall's gang, all trying to, you know, set up traps, set up pranks and all that to pull on the substitute teacher because they don't want anybody substituting. They don't want a substitute teacher because they like Teacher Jane. They like Teacher Jane. They're more used to her. And mostly they see an opportunity to have a little bit of freedom. So what happens? So I want you to think about this. What I, I want to ask you this. What do you think happens when the substitute teacher arrives? What is the reaction that you think brother, cousin Fred, too tall, and his gang have when they first lay eyes on the substitute teacher is it discussed you know is it discussed is it oh no we're going to get tortured oh or is it oh my god this substitute teacher is big you know we're not messing with this person or is it oh my god i'm in love which one do you think it is which one do you think it is If you guess the latter of, oh, I'm in love, you'd be right. Because the teacher that substitutes with Teacher Jane is called Teacher Charlene. And the reaction the boys have is like, I've died and gone to heaven kind of deal. You know, and it's very... Very close to reality because there's a lot of times, even when I grew up as a kid attending school, that we would get a substitute teacher. And if it was a female, oh, my gosh, sometimes we'd see who she was. And a lot of us young boys were like, oh, my goodness, we're in heaven. We don't mind having you as our substitute. Teach us everything kind of deal. Well, not in that way, but you get the idea. But. It was very true to life. And they did it twice in the big chapter books because there's a big chapter book called Queenie's Big, Queenie's Crazy Crush. 
And why? Because Queenie, Queenie McBear, look her up on Google, um, was falling for the substitute teacher, for the substitute art teacher anyway. And she was willing to do anything she can to, in, in, to express her love for him. Even going as far as, from an artistic standpoint, creating a big heart with her initial in one end and the teacher's initial in the other. So, I didn't see anybody complaining about any of those happening, any of these moments, you know, from an original 80s broadcast of the Bearstein Bears cartoon to even the big chapter books that came out in the late 90s and early 2000s. I don't hear anybody complaining about those, nor do I hear about this. And this is what really, really gets me. You know, this is what I think really gets me. When Archie Comics had the license to publish the Sonic the Hitchcock comics, tales of all characters, tales of all characters, was given multiple love interests. Multiple. The first one was Fiona Fox. Now, of course, it wasn't the real Fiona Fox. It was an automatronic. But still, that was the first. The second took place basically in the final, well, didn't take place, but was basically given foundation, if you will, was its foundation was given, was, well, basically the groundwork, the foundation for it uh, was established. And it was in the final issue of the Tales three-part miniseries, and that was Tales and Barbary Koala. And what happens in the follow-up story? What happens in a follow-up story? Which is part of the world tour or arc that takes place after Endgame and all that. Which has Tails and Sonic traveling the world, helping out where they can, trying to capture Nagus. What do you think happens when Tails and Sonic arrive in the Down Under? And Barbary sees tails. Exactly. <laughs> if you guess as she was all over him, you would not be mistaken. The first thing we see between them in the interaction is her kissing him on the cheek, leg up and all that, the kind of like the leg going up, kind of like whoop, uh, which indicates love. The holding of the hand when they go into action, she's like, yeah, come on, Tails. And then her blowing him a kiss saying she'll miss him. It's like, <laughs> so, so you're saying that Tails being with Bobbery isn't a big deal? I mean, some people did touch upon it and feel like it didn't feel right. But it was a very small percentage because the rest of the fandom were cool with it. And then if Barbary and Fiona isn't enough, how about Mina or Mina? How do we pronounce the name? Mina slash Mina Mongoose. What about her? What about her? Huh? It's established, whether you look at it as canon or you don't, it is established in the Mobius years later arc, whether it's 25 or 30 or whatever, 
mainly the Mobius years later arc. It is established that Tails and Mina, or Mina, depending on how you pronounce it, or how you pronounce it, I say Mina, uh, basically are married and they have kids. They have kids, they have a daughter that's basically the striking image of a mom, just longer hair, called Melody, and they have a son called Sky. So, so let me let me ask you this. Mina, Mina, is portrayed in the original timeline as being older, right? So how did she end up with Tails in the future if he's younger? I'm, 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 I'm just saying. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. You know, what I'm, you know what I mean? I'm just saying. And nobody said anything about that. Nobody said anything about that. And then what's even funnier, this is a lot of fans that felt that there were hints in the comic that they pretty much capitalized on in their own stories, web comics, or art, that, or even animations, yeah, web comic, fan fiction stories, art, or web, or web animations, they're, this is a ship that they just took off. They, you know, they took off with, based on some clues and moments and all that in the in the comic, of tales and Nicole, Nicole. Yeah, Nicole, the AI links. You know, the former portable computer of, of Princess Sally, who later on in the series gave herself her own body. It's like. Fans are looking, fans took that. And if you look on DeviantArt, I'm not lying about it. Look on DeviantArt, Google, whatever. I'm not lying about it. There are fans that took any of the moments they had between each other and capitalized on it and went and said, these two are an item. These two are perfect for each other. And they went all the way. They went all the way. Excuse me. They went all the way. And that's not a lie. That is not a lie. And I think anybody watching this realizes. I mean, let me ask anybody in the live chat right now. What was your reaction to any of the Tales relationships that occurred? You know, from Fiona. Well, we'll get to Fiona in a moment. But from Barbary, Mina, and Nicole. How was your, what was your reaction to them? Because some people, when they look at Nicole, they could say, well, she's an AI. She doesn't have to age. She's perfect for Tales. Okay, fine. But what about Mina? She's Sonic's age, maybe a bit younger. Maybe a year younger, but yet you're shipping tails with her. What about Bobbery? She's about the same age as Sonic, maybe even the age of Bunny, and you're shipping tails with her? It's like, what sense does that make? Where's, where's the hate? Where's the disdain for any of those? Huh? I don't really see it. I don't really see it. And you know why? Because it's not a big deal. And long story short, guys, it's fictional. It's fictional. And in any kind of fiction, you could ship whoever you want. There are fans that ship Elsa from Frozen with Jack Frost from Guardi from Guardian. Uh, from Rise of the Guardians. 
You can ship whoever you want. You can ship whoever you want. It's not going to matter. But if it's seen in an official in an official part of the franchise, then it's somewhat, if not totally, official in the eyes of that portion of the franchise. And mostly in the eyes of not just the creators, but the eyes of the fans. So that's why a lot of fans look at Spike and Rarity and they say that it's semi, if not totally, official just based on the evidence that they're given, especially later on. Now, the one thing that a lot of fans feel that My Little Pony should have done with Spike and Rarity, mostly maybe with Dragon Drop or some other episodes, is address the age gap. And I know some of them are thinking maybe they might do that in the Season 10 comics. We'll have to wait and see. But a lot of fans are always hoping for the age uh, difference to be addressed. You know, and... I believe they feel that if something like that was to happen, they might be more receptive of it, of Spike and Rarity, because at least that got addressed. Um, And again, I go back to Sonic here. When we get, okay, we get this moment. And this leads to one of the more controversial moments later on, issues later. But basically, we get a moment where Tails catches Fiona and Sonic making out. Now, this is at a time, storyline-wise, that Sonic and Sally are broken up and are trying to slowly rebuild that friendship they had, uh, rebuild it once again. Anyway, though, long story short, Tails is upset. He's saddened about this. And Fiona basically has to explain to him that she's touched by how he feels about her but that she's several years older than him. She's like five, six years old. I don't know what it is, five, six years older, and that it would never work. And even though it led to one of the more controversial lines that fans despise coming out of Tales towards Sonic, and then, like I said, one of the more controversial moments in the comic later on where Tales and Sonic are fighting, and Sonic wants to know where does this pin up aggressions come from, where's this whole anger coming from, um, you know, I've tried to help you out and all this. And it's in that moment in the fight, several issues later between them, where Tails is like, oh, so you dated Fiona to help me? So it's like, you know, it, even though it led to those moments, at least they addressed it. They didn't, now, sure, fans didn't like the outcome later on, but they addressed it. But guess what? Fans still ship them. They still ship Tails and Fiona because they feel the best for each other. Because to them, it's the kind of love story, tragic love story that will, that ends with a happy end, that could end with a happy ending. That's what they feel. It's the kind of love, tragic love story that ends with a happy ending. And that's Tails ending up with Fiona and Fiona realizing the love she's always had has been in the form of Tails. They still, they still ship them. They still ship them. And again, it's 
it's just one of it's just one of those situations to where you have all these other examples you have all these other examples in media of stuff like this happening and yet this thing between Spike and Rarity is one of the more unique, if not controversial, ones to come out of a series like MLP. I mean, here's what's funny. I can't remember the show or what the show was. But I can remember an episode that ended with a young boy that was still infatuated had a thing for this older girl. And he says something along the lines of, you know, when I get to this moment and everything and you're still single, you know, her response is, well, then you better call, give me a call and come find me. Or something like that. And it's not the first time a line like that's been used in live action or animation or even the comics. The point is, no matter how you feel about it, A unique, if not controversial, relationship like Spike and Rarities has been seen all across media. And what's funny is, what's funny is, just like with Tails and Mina being accepted by a majority of the fans, thanks to Moby Yishu years later, because Tails is older and all that. When we get to the future and we see what Spike turns in, what has become, what has become a Spike, it's like I noticed, and I know I'm not alone in noticing it, that there were a lot of detractors of Spike and Rarity becoming retractors. In other words, they were more receptive of it. Like, okay, now, now we can go with it. Now we're cool with it. And, and it takes Spike becoming, as they say in the Bronies React video. Chad Spike, Buff Spike, Jack's Blade like Spike, who's another brony YouTuber you should check out. Mostly does a video YouTube channel on fitness and workout and getting into shape. But yeah, you know, it takes Spike becoming that for them, for many detractors to be like, oh, okay, we're cool with it now. He can be with Rarity, we're cool. You know, the one thing I will say that many of the established uh, an analysis and reviewers and fellow fans in this community, Brony and Pegasus alike, have said that's true about this off fandom, or any fandom as a matter of fact, is the hypocrisy. It's like one day you don't like it, but then all of a sudden the next day, oh, well, cool with it. Well, I, I like it now. It's this is crazy. This is so totally crazy. And I just I just don't understand why fans just don't see that even though it was not flat out in your face, you know, you know, you know, full full on flat out in your face um, confirmation of them being an item that they can't accept the fact that 
pretty much there's a lot of evidence, even up to the last episode, that indicates that yeah, there's something that something happened that there was something there, and that that was beyond friendship, and then something happened between them that evolved from friendship to relationship, boyfriend girlfriend wise. I mean, and here's what's funny: you you have fans that. Thanks to Disney Fanatic 2463, I believe. Um, you have fans that support Spike being with Applejack. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so you don't want him to be with Rarity, but because one fan did the alternate universe, which, again, I look at as being 75% identical, 25% different. You're more receptive of Spike being with Applejack than him being with Rarity. I, I think somebody said in a, I think somebody brought up, put up a meme saying so, put up a meme saying so. Applejack's okay, Rarity's not, or something like that. Or like so, Sp- Apple Spike's cool, Rare Spike is not, or something like. That. And it's like it, it's a good point to bring up because. Why? What's the difference? And here's the biggest excuse people have. The biggest excuse people have, and I say this with all due respect, is because they feel rarity manipulated and used Spike. And it wouldn't be until Dragon Drop that she realized maybe she cared about Spike more than just his friend. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... It's it's crazy it's crazy to think that you know. It's crazy to think that, but again, look, people are entitled to their opinions, and they if they feel that way or felt that way, then fine, then fine, that's cool, more power to them. But the only time I think Rarity had to kind of manipulate Spike a little bit was for him to get was to get him to distract Twilight and Castlemania, and that was it. As far as I know, now. I understand some fans are more okay with them being around each other and together if the episode just implies, oh, they're just friends. They're just friends. That's it. Cool. Booze and buddies. And again, that's, if they feel that way, they feel that's the best way to represent Sparity, fine, more power to them. But the fact of the matter is, you know, no matter how you look at it, it's still an episode featuring Spike and Rarity, and fans are going to look at it in a similar way, if not a little bit more different. So, it's it's just crazy to see, you know, how controversial, how unique, how unique and uh, how a relationship based in a show meant to sell toys that became its own thing and lasted for nearly a decade on screen, still going strong. As a matter of fact, this morning and yesterday morning, they had a Pony Palooza, which, oh, by the way, yesterday morning around 6 a.m. Pacific had the full hour and a half series finale movie. And then next week's going to have Rainbow Road Trip. It's like, 
it's crazy to think that a relationship based on this series that's been going this long, that was meant to sell toys, has become the phenomenon that it is. It's going to probably enter some kind of animation hall of fame down the line for the impact that it had. It's hard to believe a relationship between two characters that fans, that a majority of the fans are behind and they support is so controversial. And yet any other example that's happened in previous media, movies, comic books, you know, live action series, whatever, are completely ignored. Like they're touched upon a little bit, but they're completely ignored. Like, oh no, that's nothing. That's okay. It's, it's crazy to think that. It's crazy to think that, but it's, it's, it's just weird. It's just weird. I mean, going back to Sonic, for example, going back to Sonic, they, one of the more unique, one of the more convoluted like relationships in the show in the franchise, I should say, is Sonic and Amy. Now, depending on what kind of continuity you look at, you know, some fans don't see Amy as being with Sonic because despite her design change and, and you know, rebooted continuity origin change, whatever you want to call it, they still look at her as being that young Rosie the Rascal. A lot of fans go off of what was shown in the Archie Comics issue. I think it was issue, what was it, 78 or something? Where she basically uses the Ring of Acorns to wish herself into her Sonic adventure into what would be, even to this day, her established look. And they even addressed the fact that even though she looked older, mentally she was still a young kid. Which is why in a backup issue, she still had to go to school and go and attend the same classes as Tails. And yet fans rather have her with Sonic than with Sally. And they have all these different reasons why it wouldn't work with Sally. It's like... It's, and yet fans still perceive Amy as being younger than Sonic. And yet you don't hear any... I mean, you hear it, but not as much. You don't hear what I'm saying is you don't hear any any real complaints of oh she's too young it's wrong. It's like, it's like seriously, seriously, dudes. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, let's take a look at gummy bears. I, I mentioned this is my. Uh, Best Ships uh, video. My 10 Best Ships video. And it was my opinion. I always felt that had they continued the series, Cubby and Sunny would have ended up together, maybe. I don't know how they would have done it, but they would have ended up together. And I know some people are like, well, that's not possible. They're like siblings. They live in the same Glen. Stuff like that. Da, 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 da. Right? You know, they live in the same glen and, and all that. Da, 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 da. Okay, you know, that's your opinion. But it's never really established that they're siblings. 
They just live in the same glen. And there's a lot of episodes where they're hanging out with each other. They're having adventures with each other. So you can't tell me, you can't tell me for one moment, one single solitary moment, that if Disney decided, hey, let's do another season after the King Inkthorn episode, which served as the series finale, let's do one more season, but let's have it take place years in the future and have Cubby and Sunny be older and maybe build something between them. You can't tell me they weren't thinking about maybe considering something like that or could have done something like that. You can't tell me they may not be thinking about doing something like that for a reboot in the future. But in my opinion, I've always felt that they would have worked. And yet, here's what's funny. You had Sunny crushing on Gusto Gummy, who's older than her. And yeah, they touched upon it a little bit in Rocking Chair Bear episode. But that's because she was going through the process of an age spell that was making her older a lot faster than she normally should be aging. But even throughout most of that, most of that episode, but throughout most of the rest of the series, she was always crushing on him. She even, at the end of that episode, decides instead of finishing the work of art or helping Gusto finish the work of art or doing this or that, she'd rather play with Cubby. Point is, everybody has an opinion of who they feel could be, is the right ship to be made. You know, everybody has an opinion to who they feel is best suited for each other. And in my opinion, I always felt Cubby and Sunny were best suited for each other. Especially if they got a chance to be showcased as older versions of themselves. I've always looked at Dale and Gadget, you know, being an item, being a couple in Rescue Rangers. Especially with the fact that if the movie had originally been made, we probably would have seen that. You know, I mean, obviously, you look at Tailspin, they were teasing Baloo and Rebecca, despite giving Rebecca several different love interests that didn't last. Point is, you know, no matter how you feel about a relationship or a potential ship being showcased in a series like My Little Pony Friendship is Magic or even Pony Life, which rumored that Rarity, as I said at the beginning, could be crushing on Spike, and it could be the kind of relationship to where they act as very close, you know, budding uh, friends, but secretly have affection for each other that goes beyond friendship, and maybe that leads to a date episode that kind of probably puts them together um, in a unique way. You know, so... But again, that's all based on speculation and rumor. The point, the point is, you know, anytime something like this happens, you know, it's always going to, you know, get, it's always going to get a difference of opinions. People are going to div- be divided on it. Whether it showcases a character like Spike falling for Rarity and then later on Rarity realizing maybe how much Spike means to her and maybe beyond friendship. Or it's something like Tails and Barbary or Tails and Mina in Sonic the Hedgehog. Or something like what we had in Blank Check. It's like, like seriously. I mean, Hick, I'll I'll give you you another example. I know it's an exception because 
he wished himself this way. But look at Tom Hanks' Big. There was a romance in there, but it was Tom Hanks portraying a young kid, 10-year-old kid, in an adult body. It's like, again, you know, you it's these kind of things that make you think, you know, well, where's the reaction? Where's the... Where's the Where's the reaction? Where's the torches? Where's the flame? Where's the flaming torches and all that, if you will? You know, to burn, to damage or burn that ship to the ground. You know, where's that? Point is, folks, everybody's going to have a difference of opinion. But when it comes... Again, people are going to have a difference of opinion. Like I said, when you look at Sonic and you look at Tails' thing with Barbary Koala, you take a look at his thing with Mina Mongoose and even somewhat of his thing with Fiona. Even outside of it was fans pretty much saying, no, nah, these two are together. Or these two should be together. We're going to work on that. Or even a thing with Nicole. You don't hear nobody really complain. So what's the problem here? I mean... What it what I mean? What does it do? It, it takes Spike becoming buff Spike, Ch- add Spike, Jack's Blade Spike, um, in the future for them to for some to be like, okay, we're cool with it now. It's like again, it's the hypocrisy that really gets me. It's the hypocrisy that really, really gets me here with this fan base. It really does. Um. Again, if you were to go to a convention, hopefully in the future, physically people will be able to do that. If you were to go to a convention and you were a moderator of a session or something, some kind of little session, let's say it's about shipping, and you wanted the group in attendance to split off into smaller groups of the ships they support. And let's say on one corner you have Big Mac Sugar Bell. The other corner you have Cadence, not Cadence, uh, but on the other hand you have Spike Applejack. Another group you have, um, let's say you have uh, Mod, Mod, and um, you have Mod Pie and Mudbriar, and then in one corner you have Spike and Rarity. Let's say, should that happen at a convention down the line? They ask the groups to split off into those groups. One representing, like I said, Spike and Applejack. One representing Big Mac Sugar Bell, Mod Pie, Mud Briar, um, Spike and Rarity. Where do you think a majority of that group is going to go? What, major- what ship do you think a majority of that group is going to divide, a majority of that group is going to divide towards or head towards or be in? Yeah, exactly. Spike and Rarity. I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm not a prophet or anything. But I could see Spike Rarity being the biggest group, Spike Applejack being second, Big Mac Sugar Bell being third, and Mod and Mudbriar being fourth. And that's just by those that would ship it. But I could see a majority of that room, that room of guests, as going into those little groups, 
I can see a majority of them are heading towards spike in rarity. And that's not a lie. Again, I'm not saying something like that would happen, but it's a fact. It is a fact of life that something like that could occur. Not saying it will, not saying it won't. But the fact is, no matter how you feel, guys, no matter how you feel about a ship in any kind of relationship, whether it is My Little Pony, whether it's Sonic the Hitchhawk, whether it's Res- Chippendale Rescue Rangers, anything from Disney, you know, whether it is, you know, this or that, it's always going to have, people are always going to have their opinions on it. People are always going to feel indifferent about it. You know, they may, a majority of the fans in the fandom may like it and the majority of them may not. But that's their opinion. If that's how they feel, that's their opinion. The fact of the matter is, when you look at Spike and Rarity's relationship, I look at it as being a three-step deal. It's basically like, it's that old saying of, when you give a new writer the reins to write a story based on something that's already established, and they go in a different direction, maybe one that's favorable, then obviously that changes things in a big, big way. It changes things in a huge way, even more so than anybody would expect. And it's up to the next writer to come in and try to follow through on that or maybe try to fix the situation. And that's kind of how you look at Spike and Rarity's relationship under Lauren Faust, Megan McCarthy, and Nicole Dubuque. Megan McCarthy was cool with it. Not Megan, Lauren Faust was cool with it and originally probably wanted it to be concluded um, in Secret of My Excess because the original plan was for the series to only run three and a half to four seasons. And when it went beyond that, Megan McCarthy took over, kind of slowed down the relationship, said what she did, as I mentioned earlier, to save face, in my opinion. And you guys probably agree with that, hopefully. Safe face for her, the cast and crew, and mostly the company. So she slowed it down, only to have a few moments thrown in there here and there. Because, again, she said what she did to save face. It didn't mean she was against it. She just want, She just had to say something because, obviously, she knew about the divide. Right? And how a majority of the fans would bring up, oh, it's this, it represents this. So, you know, she said what she did, in my opinion, to save face, even though she'll continue to allow moments to be between them to be shown, even with the movie. And then you have Nicole who stepped in and basically said, you know what, enough with the teasing. If we're going to kind of kind of acknowledge and kind of imply that there's something going on between them that's beyond friendship, let's go all the way. And that's why you had the moment of breakup breakdown. That's why you had Meltdown. That's why you had Best Gift Ever. That's why you had the 20, 20 seconds in Between Dark and Dawn. Dragon Dropped. That's why you had, um, like I said, that's, you know, like I said, that's why you had Dragon Drop. And that's why you had the moments in the ending of the end, as well as in the last problem. Because it was a three 
step deal, a three writer, three writer slash producer deal when it came to the show and it came to certain ships. That's what it was. And, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people were, were happy uh, with the outcome in the end, because like Jim Miller said, even Nicole will back him up on this. It allows you to, it allows you to interpretate what's been implied for your own canon. And if rumors are correct about pony life, and remember, rumor is some of that's being written by actual fans. Then maybe we might get something that kind of give, kind of, you know, kind of plays along with what we've been hoping for, or kind of, yeah, plays along with what we've been hoping for, and kind of gives it to us in a unique, maybe funny way. But anyway, though, guys, that's pretty much all I'm going to say. It's going to pretty much wrap it up here for me on this uh, live stream, talking about the uniqueness, talking about Rarity and Spike and the unique slash controversial relationship slash friendship in My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, MLP, FIM, and the upcoming Pony Life. So let me, all, let me know what you all think about it down below. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for joining me in the live chat. Really appreciate that to all of them that were there. Bro hoof to all of you guys. Thank you very much. And thank you all to those watching later on post live stream. Let me know what you guys think down in the comment section about what I've had to say. What were your thoughts on what Megan said back at 2014's Babcon on? And do you think she said that save face or not? Let me know down below. Comment if you like. Thank you all for joining me live. And I am out. God bless. Take care. Have a good evening.